0: Hello, and welcome to That Faith Life podcast. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging, equipping, and discipling believers as we navigate life together in a world that desperately needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Travis, and I want to say thank you for joining me on this journey in That Faith Life. All right, and welcome to that Faith Life podcast. Um, here today with the officially official first episode of the podcast. We are in the studio, aka a closet at work, um, but it works. Great sound uh, quality and whatnot. But I'm here with Eric Davis. Eric, you want to give a shout out? Tell everyone hello. Uh, hello. Good job. <laughs> All right. Um, so. Uh, he's with me this morning, so just kind of give you a heads up today's first episode we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be a Christian, both practically and theologically. Um We live in a world where you know people look on t v to get the answer of what a Christian means. There's so many shows about you know what it means to be a Christian, and if you look on Netflix, you'll see just a lot of weird stuff, and you'll walk away with not really knowing. What does it really mean to be a Christian? Uh, so this episode, we want to address that both practically and theologically, and hopefully give some encouraging points for those of us who are in the faith, who are walking this, this life. And so I hope that you uh, tune in and pay attention. Um, but yeah, so before we get started, Eric, you wanna just give a, a word of update about life and ministry and how things are going on your end?
1: Um, Okay, Um, so my name is Eric Davis. I am the student pastor at Grace Baptist Church uh, in Crawfordville, Florida. And I've been there coming up on two years now. Um, Been in ministry basically since I've been 18. Uh, And I am married to my wonderful, lovely wife, Marissa. And we have a four-year-old, Elizabeth, and she is crazy. (laughs) Um, It's been fun, the holiday season, having family in, uh, doing all the little traditions and stuff with her. Uh, She's in the full swing of just energy and everything like that, and it's just being a parent's pun.
0: Yeah, good deal. And so you're you're, uh, in tip-top health you got everything going on there
1: yeah so i basically spent the last three weeks in (laughs) um so i got the flu right before christmas was actually okay on christmas and then i got food poisoning and Mm. a stomach virus and then during like the three-day period where i was healthy there i actually went and played basketball and sprained my ankle because well i'm getting old i guess and can't hang like i used to
0: yeah, you said a mouthful. You're getting old. Um you're only a year older than me, but I feel like now that we're in our thirties, it's like everything is intensified and it takes a lot longer to heal. Back in the day you roll your ankle, you know, during practice or something, you're good to go in two days. Now it's like I can't go to work, I need ibuprofen or some other strong drugs to get by and it's just man, time is moving on, um, whether we want it to or not. So well, good deal. Well, hey, let's dive into this this topic of what does it mean to be a Christian? So from your perspective, Eric, what would you say, uh, I guess theologically we'll address that first, like from the scriptures, what does it really mean to be a Christ follower?
1: Um, I mean, it just basically means to be his, like you said, be his follower. Um, I know there's all kinds of, in the American church, People are all over the place on the answer to this question. Um, and when you look at, I guess, historically, what has been the benchmark for being a Christian, um, I really feel like it's kind of eroded a little bit in our culture um, to where people try to have been trying. And as the culture has increasingly moved away from Christianity, um, not that it was ever necessarily a Christian nation, per se, or anything like that. Um, But as we've moved away from that kind of cultural Christianity, um, people have tried, churches have tried to stay relevant and connected to that culture at large, and they've kind of watered down what it means to be a Christian. Um, So I would say, ultimately, what it means to be a Christian is to be someone who has put their faith in Christ and Christ alone. Um, And so this faith means that is... What we believe is who He is as God in the flesh. You know, he wasn't just a good person, He wasn't just a great teacher, but he was who he said he was, and that um, and I, this might get a little bit of a um, stick or something, but I mean to me, when you look at it historically and everything, if you don't agree that Jesus was God in the flesh, and that he lived a perfect life, died a death because of <clears throat> us taking our sin on the cross, and then was raised again on the third day, And then you're not a Christian yeah. by, the, by the historical definition of the term. And I know a lot of people would disagree with that.
0: Well, both historically, biblically, and you know, theologically. What I find interesting is how things just kind of shift over the span of, of history. In the beginning, in the first century, when you know Christians were first given that name, it was it wasn't a you know a name to boast in. It was they were, they were being made fun of, like oh those Christ followers. Um, and and to be a Christ follower then it literally meant that you force had to forsake, in some cases, your family, uh, other religious you know deities, especially in the time of you know the Roman Empire, where there's all these deities and gods, and and they were adamantly against um, you know Christians and so now it, it's almost we're in the 21st century 2020 uh, it almost seems like it's cultural relevant to say that you are a Christian if that makes sense where it's kind of shifted from in the, in the olden days the first century where it was like it was a big deal to step out in faith and be like yes I'm a follower and I know I could be persecuted I know that all these good things could happen but it's kind of shifted to where now it's almost like kind of cultural. Like, yeah, oh yeah, I believe. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Um, and we know that it it's not that simple. Um, it is simple in the fact that it's, it's by faith. It's by grace through faith. But there's also a sense of um, committing and following. Uh, and so I know we both know this. We're in youth ministry and we see this. All the time trying to connect students from really uh, just um, a mind like a a knowledge of yeah I understand that this is true and then moving that to a heart knowledge of I believe this with my heart and it shapes the way that I live you know what I mean and so um, I just kind of kind of see that that shift happening a lot Uh, and so tell me tell me about for you like when did it click for you growing up that you knew that you were a Christ follower. Like it went from, it, it was no longer just a head knowledge. Like I knew about Jesus. I knew what he had done, but rather it was, wow, this is, this is my life. This is, I'm taking ownership of this and I'm going to commit to following Jesus.
1: Um, so my story is a little, I, I, I kind of grew up around church, not necessarily in church, um, but going to like vacation Bible school and, mm-hmm. you know, Sunday school every once in a while with my grandmother. Uh, and but then when I got into middle school I actually started attending youth group and but I honestly I did not believe the same things that they taught in the youth group and I was just kind of there for the social aspect and it wasn't until high school um, that God kind of orchestrated some things in my life um, to bring me to a place of needing him I guess you could say and it was actually interesting because the, I didn't have like that aha moment of you know coming down to the altar accepting Jesus into mm-hmm. your life or anything like that I don't know the exact moment that that happened but I remember um, I went and I was on the beach in Panama City uh, for the start of this new youth ministry that was starting and stuff like that and I just remember we were sitting around a fire I'm pretty sure it was probably illegal to be burning a fire on the beach but uh yeah, yeah, we were sitting you know, around a fire just it is where it is. hanging out and uh and for the first time, I prayed, and like, and it wasn't just like, a, "Okay, God, thank you for this food," or you know, this, any of that kind of stuff. But it was just a, a heartfelt, deep prayer of God. I need you. I want you. And all, I, honestly, I had this kind of reaction in my head where I was like, "Oh crap! Now I'm one of them." <laughs> and so, like, and so, like I said, I, I, I didn't get baptized at a really young age or anything like that. And so, like, but it was just. That personal relationship where I found myself just talking to God, and I said, "Well, that's new. Um, where did that come from?" And it came from finally um, not even just accepting, because I kind of always figured Jesus was the God and the Christ and all that kind of stuff. But I was like, oh, "I'll get deal with that later." But it was taking that knowledge and applying it to my life in the sense of like a personal relationship. Where now I I'm like wait why do I think that I can go and just talk and God will listen to me and it's like well because mm. of the person and work of Christ and from then on it's just been a personal walk uh, so I guess that's, mm, that's
0: good man it's good stuff so theologically yeah, we kind of hash that out Jesus is God um, and to be a Christian is to place your faith and trust in Him and we're saved by His grace by His uh, atoning work on the cross, and and like you said, uh, we have access to the Father because of what Christ did. So, man, that's encouraging um, for anybody to to really know. I don't know about you, but I know there are times in my walk where I kind of questioned that. Like, does God really hear me? Does He really? And and you know, coming back to theologically looking at what Jesus did on the cross, and back to the scriptures, you know, in Romans. I love in Romans uh ten I believe where uh paul's writing he says uh listen it's the word is near you it's 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 in you if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved and and so we kind of have that anchor uh in the word to know that Jesus um can do what he says that he has done um so that's encouraging, so we kind of move from theologically let's talk about practically um and so, I think about this all the time, like, life is not, to me anyways, this is just kind of my personal opinion, but life has never been about big moment after big moment, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a few big moments in our lives, and mine, it was, you know, getting married, figuring out what school I'm going to, graduating, having a child, like, those are big moments that really change life for you. Um, But what I've noticed is there are more small moments in my life. There are more, you know, kind of moments that I don't really think about that just kind of happen that have really shaped who I am today. And so I think about, man, just living for Christ, being a Christ follower practically. I think about those moments and it kind of goes back to this idea of living for Christ uh, and choosing him in the small moments uh, if, if, if if that makes sense, if if you're tracking with me here, uh, basically I'm getting at like practically, what does it mean to follow Christ? And it's it's not always about the big decision, like oh this is what I'm gonna do, but it's just everyday faithful living.
1: Yeah, yeah um, I mean, so we're in the age of like superheroes, right? Where, like that's everything in our culture: the big drama, the big you know, epic adventures and all this kind of stuff. And so a lot of students, even, you know, we kind of like, man, I want to do something amazing with my life. I want to be the person that saves the world. I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, And in the Christian life, that's not really the way it works because ultimately, yes, God is for us. And yes, God wants our best. But ultimately, our life isn't about us. It's about God um and spreading his glory throughout the world and sharing his gospel message. Um and so a lot of times, you know, I think we can kind of get caught up and people can kind of get caught up in this like, man, if I'm not doing this amazing awesome thing, if I'm not the person speaking to thousands, if I'm not the person that's writing the books, mm-hmm. then like God's not using me. And that's just not true. Right. Um it is like you said, the just the day-to-day obedience um and walking with Christ, um, being in relation with Him, being um, dutiful for what He has called you. Um, I mean, Paul talks about it, you know, over and over again, talk, the metaphor of the body, right? I mean, right. you know, how how glamorous is a fingernail?
0: No, you don't even notice it there until you, you know, you, you well, hit it on the...
1: Yeah, on it's, but, but it's a part of the body and it serves its role and its purpose. Um, And so, so many times we are so looking for, like you said, those big moments Mm -hmm. that we lose sight of the thousands upon thousands of everyday mundane moments that God can use us to speak into people's lives and how God can use others to speak into our lives. Um, And so I I think that's kind of an unhealthy part of like Christianity is like we kind of like... we're looking for the uh, the excitement and the emotion, and we want to go from high top, you know, mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop. Let's go to this conference. Let's right. go to this conference. And the real Christian life, to me at least, is what sometimes not glamorous. Right. It's getting up early, denying yourself to spend time with your father. It's. Being willing to build margin into your day so when you go to the grocery store you're not super rushed and when God presents those opportunities to talk to somebody you can take them. Yeah. Um, so I would say just practically speaking as far as being a Christian like, is so much more of just being obedient where you are. And God can move you around and put you into different situations and where he wants you to be and sometimes there are some cool moments that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Vast majority of it is just day by day, walking with Christ, denying yourself, and following Him.
0: It's good. I feel like you know social media has done a great job in connecting us with people, and uh, man, it's a it could be a great platform for um, ministry and even just you know enjoying uh, entertainment. But at the same time, I feel like it is that sense like you only see the big moments. You know what I mean? Like you see. I know for me, I follow, you know, kind of big name pastors and it's like every time they post, it's like this huge thing that they're doing, but I know that's not every day. And, and so you look at, uh, you know, what if you got a glimpse into just every day? Well, you probably see some discouragement there. You probably see some, you know, stuff that doesn't look like those big moments. Um, and, and so, yeah, practically just following Christ, being obedient every single day, um, so, so a couple questions here. I want to start with this one. Uh, you, you mentioned that we're in the superhero age, um, and I have to know what what is your favorite superhero? Out of the let's go Marvel. Oh, oh, um, uh, I don't know if I have any. Whoa, said. you I don't?
1: Kind of. I mean, they're all cool, I guess. I'm not like in love with any of them. They're just good characters. I really, I've really enjoyed the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what they did. With bringing everything together and tying it all together, just from like a, um, an almost an art perspective, of just like, you know, it's really cool to kind of see how oh, something spanning, I mean, that's very ambitious. Yeah. Like, to see something like that spanning. It's a big vision. And over a decade, you know. Right, like, right. how they right. all fit together with thousands of actors, that, you know, millions and millions of dollars. It uh, was kind of cool, but I wouldn't say I necessarily have a favorite superhero.
0: You're a Thanos kind of guy.
1: Yeah, you know, just snap them. <laughs>
0: So I actually recently started watching um, Marvels all over again from Iron Man, the first one. Uh, and it's just a world of difference from 2007 to yeah. 2018. <laughs> as far as somatics go, yeah, it's just kind of...
1: technology and what they were trying to do is just, like you said, it just kind of builds and builds. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this huge thing, spectacle.
0: And so now we got, you know, these spinoff movies that are happening, so... Uh, we have hope in the Marvel world. And, anyways, that's a side question here. Uh, so, so let me ask you this question: What would you say to the person who maybe has been struggling in their faith? Um, they're a believer. They've been, you know, they've accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. They trust Him. They know Him, but life has thrown whatever at them, and they're just kind of discouraged and and don't really know if they are indeed a Christ's Father. What would you say to that person?
1: Yeah, and so I mean I I deal with this a lot with my students. In fact, just Wednesday night I had this conversation. One of the things that I say a lot, you know sin, what it does is try to draw us away from Christ uh, and our relationship with Him and His desires for our life, which is for our good we see in Romans 8. Uh, And so sin at its core is just that where we try to take the place of God. I mean, you look at it's Adam and Eve in the garden. Um, it wasn't like what drew them away. It was when Satan came and said, hey, God is withholding this thing from you. God is withholding yeah. this joy from you that you would have if you were there because he knows that if you ate of that tree, you would be like him, and he doesn't want that. And so God's withholding from you, right? And so they believe the liar instead of the truth. Um, and they ate and sin entered into the world. And we all know how that ended, right? Um, and so, but that's what Satan does, is he tempts us, and he tries to pull us away from Christ by, and, you know, the grass is greener. Oh, well, God just doesn't want you to have fun. So, you know, God doesn't, you know, God would understand if you really want to sleep with her, because your girlfriend, because, you know, y'all are in love, and it feels good. And what feels good has to be Right. Right. You know, he's using the same tactics he's used from the beginning, right? Um, but one of the things that I talk to my students a lot about, and like I said, even Wednesday night I had a conversation, and I mentioned this, like, as soon as he tempts us away, you know, saying, hey, God doesn't love you, God doesn't want your best, here, come over here, and as soon as you eat that, you be, and you get to the point where you realize you've been sold a false bill of goods, and you want to go back to Christ, immediately at that point, the tempter becomes the accuser. Right. And he, and he starts whispering in your ear, you've gone too far. Yeah, you blew, oh, it, you blew it. Yeah, if, if only the church, church knew. If the other kids in the youth group, if the, everyone else knew what you were doing, what you have done. They would never accept you. And, and well, that's what Satan does is he lies. Mm. Um, and those things are a lie from the devil. And so, like you said, someone who's maybe pulled away, getting discouraged, I would just say, listen, Satan is a liar. Mm. And any time you have those voices in your ear saying you're not good enough, the answer is yeah. Of course you're not good enough. That's why you needed Jesus. But Jesus is good enough, and so He's always there. I mean, we all come to points in our life. I think many times in our lives in our Christian walk, where we look around at the decisions that we've been making, at the direction we've been going. And a lot of times it's not even like this big outward thing, but just you know the hidden things of our heart, and where we look around and we go, man, how did I get here? and at that point always Satan is attacking us saying no you've gone too far you, you you might as well just give up and my encouragement would just say man trust Jesus he's good enough and he's always there God is always there when you have, are ready to repent Already, you see the destruction in your life that your sin has caused and you want to turn back he's always there to receive you with open arms mm-hmm. um and just run to him. I've said, man, uh the mark of a mature Christian isn't how often you fall. The mark of a mature Christian is when you do fall, if you run, if it causes you to run to God or from him. Because hmm. if when I mess up and I run away from God, that shows that I'm not a super mature Christian because I don't truly understand the gospel. But when I fall and I run to him, that shows that I'm running. That I understand the gospel. That I understand its implications, and I'm accepting the grace that I've been given in Christ.
0: That's good. So, so simple yet so profound. That we have a God, um, even in our faults and failures, He draws us back because of Christ, which is completely different than every other religion in the world. You think about all these nice. religions. It's always do this and do that, and here's your reward. Uh, in Christianity, it's no, you you couldn't do it. You couldn't get the reward. I'm going to send my son to do it for you, uh, and we have him as our advocate. And man, I, I just I want, if anything, for people to to hear this message. I want them to walk away with understanding that Christ is enough. He's enough in your weakness. He's enough. In uh, your doubts, He's enough. In your failure, He is a- enough in every situation in life. And and if we can get that like just tattooed on the back of our eyelids, so every time we shut our eyes, we could see that Christ is enough. I think I know for me that would be encouraging, because even as a youth pastor, like I, there's seasons where I'm discouraged and and I fail and I mess up and and here comes the accuser. Oh, well, you're not called to minister. Oh, well, you're not, you know, God really didn't save you. Oh, well, he's not really your father. And, and just you, you have to get to that point where the truths of God are louder than the lies of the enemy. And, and where that falls, it, sometimes it's you hear the enemy louder and sometimes you hear the word of God louder. And, and it really comes back to practically um, being in the word of God. Uh, you can't expect to hear God's Word if you're not getting in the Word of God. Um, and, and so I think about that for sure. I remember uh, years ago, before me and Megan got married, uh, something happened. We both just, you know, something before we got married. And, uh, man, it was uh, it wasn't anything bad, but it was something that we, like, we just felt horrible for. And I remember that night, like it was a Saturday night and we had church the next morning and I really contemplated not coming to church. And it wasn't that no, you know, everyone knew this thing that I had done. It was this guilt and I felt these lies coming like, oh, you're not worthy enough to be at church because you blew it. You messed up and, and all these things. I finally just got to the point was just like, I need God. I, I can't, I can't do this. I need him. And. I remember going to the pastor and telling him. He's like, he's like, yeah, man, um, Jesus paid for that, and, and it just kind of always has been in my mind and reminding me uh, that, that Christ is enough. Like that's the good news of the gospel. Um, so we're running short on time here. Um, I guess if we could kind of answer one more question, what would you say to somebody? Who is a believer? They're 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 you know trusting in Jesus for salvation. They're following Him, uh, but they're having a hard time maybe growing in the faith, um, hard time reading the Bible and just kind of staying faithful in whatever season of life they're in. What would you say to that person?
1: Um, well, so I mean, but, I mean, even in ministry, I mean, I have those seasons where I have a hard time just devoting myself. To Christ and a lot of times it's because I get so busy doing ministry and doing other things um, and I haven't protected that time um, but when you're feeling far away from Christ and you're feeling like you're not connecting and things like that um, well one is there any unrepentant and sin in your life uh, I mean because if we're being honest I mean if you just are at the point of just saying man I'm gonna do what I want to do no matter what God the word says and I don't care and I'm just gonna do my well that's gonna hinder your ability right um, to connect with God, not that He hasn't forgiven you, but that
0: there's that wedge, there's a barrier. Yeah, there's, absolutely. Yeah.
1: And um, but beyond that, though, I would say, man, the most important thing you can do is be in community. Um, to be able to have people in your life who are going to lift you up when you're down. Hmm. Um, to who when you uh become prideful and hardened are going to see that because we're all great <clears throat> self-swindlers. We all think when we look at ourselves, we, we, we all have blind spots where we don't see what our need is, our need for Christ in various areas. And to have somebody who can lovingly say, hey, man, I've noticed this with you. Mm-hmm. man. You The way you've talk been talking to people lately, showing some pride stuff, you know, and being able to help you with that is the biggest thing as far as um, staying connected to Christ because... You can't do it alone um, right. there's a reason god gave us the church and you need people who are going to call you out but who are also going to encourage you when you're discouraged and all of that so i would just say um make sure there's no unrepentant sin in your life and then two is just be in community of people that are serving and seeking christ and god can use all of that to bring you back
0: that's good that's good well hey we're Uh, Our time is dwindling down, and so I hope that you are encouraged today. Thank you for tuning in to that Faith Life podcast. And again, uh, be on the lookout uh, for ways that you can send questions, you can send um, any topics you'd you'd like to get discussed on here and whatnot. Uh, So until then, thank you for tuning in. Well, hello, and thank you for listening to That Faith Life Podcast. Just want to say thank you for listening, and please be sure to rate and follow this podcast. Also, be sure to like and follow our accounts on Facebook and Instagram. And until next time, may God be big in your life.